Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. In today's episode, we're going to be covering the normal Thursday power rankings. We're going to be talking about some of the games from last week because I didn't have a recap episode for you guys on Tuesday. Had a lot of stuff going on between school and work, so I hope you guys do understand there. And then of course, we're going to cover NFL Week 11. We're going to preview some games. We're going to talk odds. Just some other storylines that I don't think are being talked enough about. There's not a whole lot of interesting games. Um, there's some games that are absolutely being played for nothing. Um, so I'll cover those. Some teams have some really you know, big stakes at hand. Other teams catching fire. A couple teams on by that are seem to be moving in the right direction. So we'll cover all of that. I'm going to be going to Sunday Night Football this week. Chiefs versus Chargers should be really fun. I'll cover that live once I'm there. So let's get right into it, guys. All right, so right off the bat, we're going to start how we normally start with these episodes. We're going to cover my top 10 power rankings. Today, I actually have 12 teams for you guys because I feel like the next two teams out really should be mentioned, and they pretty clearly are 11 and 12 in my books. So let's start off right with that. At number one, I think it's no surprise to any one of us that the, the Kansas City Chiefs have taken over the number one All spot. Right, so they right look like bat, one of the most well how we normally start football. Episodes. Their offense is playing at a really elite level. They add the weapon like Kadarius Tony, who made contributions like immediately. Juju Smith-Schuster really did go out with a concussion are last week, but I expect them to be back. So let's start off right fairly soon. At number one, I think it's no surprise to any one of us well-oiled machine. Isaiah Pacheco is really emerging as a running back to look out for in fantasy football. If he's not rostered, I would go make a waiver wire claim for him because he is worth it. He's getting a lot of contributions. Loved his athletic profile coming out of college. I thought he fit really well with this team. He's finally starting to find a role in this offense and it's a pretty soon. significant um, one and even that. with him gone he had I mean, over 20 attempts last week machine um Isaiah there's Pacheco a cleaning really emerging bus a going right by my apartment so football. don't mind the noise if he's not rostered um <laughs> make a waiver but the kansas city chiefs have to be at number one it. they're he's playing the best football right now i still want to see a little more from their defense but i like what they're doing um on offense finally starting to find really makes up for it and patrick mahomes is really playing at mvp level right now he had over 20 attempts last week forward at number two i'm not going to overreact to this one. I still have the Philadelphia Eagles. So They're still the arguably the most well-rounded um, <laughs> roster in the entire league. <laughs> but the Kansas City um, yes, Chiefs, they were absolutely pushed around by the Commanders. But it is I'll telling that see a little how close that defense, game was down like to the very end, end um, while barely having so any possession that really in this game. Up for it. And um, Patrick Mahomes is really playing yes, there are some right now, so I expect him to keep that points that you can take away from this game, which I will get to later. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'm not overreacting. I still have the Eagles at two. At number three, I have to give them the respect. They deserve. Um, yes, they were the Minnesota Vikings are the number three team in the NFL right now, coming off the biggest win of the very honestly their past few seasons this weekend. This um, monumental um, win for them, and yes, there's just something some really going well for this team. But again, I'm going to talk about that game in just a game, second, which so I'm not going to talk too much about the Vikings here. At number four, again, not going to overreact too much. This was a really close game. I still think they're legit contenders. 
the Buffalo Bills Vikings are the number three team. In the I still NFL think they should right be favorites in the, the AFC biggest East. Win of, um, they're going to be. It's going to come really close between them and the, um, and the Dolphins. I have them, them as my number five. And there's team, just so it's basically really going well for a four B. I'm going to talk about basically interchangeable at this spot. Too much about they're both playing really damn well. The Bills. I just again not going to overreact. It's weird to see Josh Allen make some of the mistakes he's made these past few weeks. It's very uncharacteristic of him. I expect them to get over that hump. I expect this to change. They're still a really good team. Their defense has a ton of guys just stepping up in the absence of some of their starters. Really like what I'm seeing from that side of the ball. We all know how deep their pass rush can get. I just want to see a little less mistakes from Josh Allen. I want to see him use the Bills a little more because they can be effective. It's weird to see Josh Allen make some mistakes he's made early, and it's very I expect Josh Allen to bounce back and not, you know, make so many mistakes. He's making number five. I have their defense. Miami Dolphins. I guess the only reason, maybe the only reason why I have them a little bit below the Bills. I don't we think all their know defense is playing as well. If their get. defense was playing a little better, I'd probably have some mistakes above the Bills right now. They are above the rankings, but they're still letting up too many big plays. They seem um, to just their secondary is not playing nearly as well as it did last year. I expect. Josh I like a lot of their pieces, and, and I think they're still going to pull it together. Number five, I like their scheme. Miami Dolphins. I guess the only reason, maybe, like how creative they get defensively, but they kind of just leave their guys on as well and too much on the back end. It has exposed them a few times throughout the year. They are above the rankings. Um, they're still letting up, but I still think plays. this team is dynamic. Uh, I love the way Tua's been playing since well he came back from injury. I'm um, like arguably an MVP candidate that I don't think is getting enough going credit there. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle deserve a lot of his success too, but I mean he's executing. They get his numbers have been backing up. They kind of just leave their guys on the island too much. And number six again, I think maybe they're only this low because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I have the San Francisco 49ers. But I still think this team. I love everything about this team. They're still getting healthier. Their secondary, their defense is a phenomenal. They've got key contributors at all the most important positions. They've got really good edge rushers. Really good I mean, weapons, executing uh, really good numbers offensive line play led by Trent Williams. I mean, they've just got weeks. it all. And number um, six, really good secondary. Again, I think with maybe they're only this really low making up Jimmy for lost ground but some starters. He's continuing to have I love an amazing season, displaying why he is one of the best safeties Their secondary, in the league. their defense is um, so really impressive stuff there. 49ers at six. At number seven, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Really good I'm still very really bought in weapons. on this team. I love uh, the really culture. I love the coach. I love Lamar. He's playing Williams. at a very high level. There's all. a lot of guys. Um, Again, one of these really teams that have had a lot of injuries, but just have had really making up backups and key contributions from continuing to have you know, an amazing season. Guys that weren't expecting to get their name called, they're really stepping up and making impressive stuff They've proven they can win a lot of different ways. I am a little concerned about the Ravens. Perimeter I'm still very bought in on this team. I love the culture. Season, I love the coach. I, I really Lamar. like this team. He's I love this roster. I love There's them defensively, even though they've had some serious breakdowns this year. I still like a lot of their personnel. Justin Houston had a really good game last week. You know, I still love a lot of the guys that weren't in secondary. At number eight, I have Dallas. They're falling. They can win quite a bit in my rankings. I am a little concerned. Really, really tough loss to Green Bay. Not a lot of excuses in that one. You got to win that game when you're up twenty-eight to fourteen. I love them defensively. You got to find a way to pull through. Yeah. I still like I can complain about it all at once because I had Dallas really minus four. Um, so that game really hurt in, in a lot of different ways. At number eight, they didn't catch Dallas, a P.I. Um, at the, towards the end of the game against I, Jair Alexander. But then the, the, the day, um, really, it really can't all come down to one play. They they were up 14-0 to 
lot of you they shouldn't have had one. You gotta win that the Green Bay Packers come back the way they did. Um, and I just gotta find thought there was a too many breakdowns defensively. Michael Parsons really got slowed down in this game, which I was surprised by a lot. So that he had a pretty quiet game, very uncharacteristic of him. They didn't catch But I still think they're one of the best towards the end of the game against the really But the offensively, it does concern me that I think that they're not getting enough contributions from guys outside of Green Bay in the receiving core. I expect that to change this week against the Vikings. I there was too Brown many breakdowns defensively. Gonna get a lot Michael more Parsons really got But we'll cover that game once we get to it right now. I have Dallas um, at eight. Quiet at number nine, I have the New York Giants. Uh, but I still think Barkley, they're one of the best again, leading the way for this team. He is, again, in, should be in the MVP it does conversation. He's playing outstanding football. They're not getting enough contributions from guys outside of CeeDee Lamb in the receiving core. I expect that to But again, the real concern for me with this team, because their defense is just solid. They're not particularly good at But we'll cover that game but they just have a lot of key contributors making plays. And I love at number nine, I have the New York Mark Giants. On that uh, side. Saquon Barkley, again, leading the way offensively. Daniel Jones, he is, again, in, should be in the MVP conversation. He's playing outstanding football. I think eventually their lack of perimeter ridiculous. weapons is going to catch up to him. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with teams but like again, Dallas. But again, the, the real concern and for that this reason, team, I have their number defense nine. Is number solid. ten, they're not I have the Cincinnati Bengals. They would definitely be higher if Jamar Chase was playing this week. I still think they're an elite team. Love their quarterback. Still have one of the most underrated defenses in the league. They've been phenomenal all year long. Love to see um, that. But I still love I think eventually their lack of perimeter. I think as long as Joe Burrow's there, you really can't count them out. Love what they did in their run game a couple weeks ago against Carolina if they can keep that going. Number 10, they're going to be really damn hard to stop. They would definitely be higher if Jamar Chase was playing this week. I still think they're an elite team. Love their quarterback. We'll see if it's sustainable, but I think once Jamar Chase goes, they've been phenomenal. They're going to go a lot further up these rankings. For now, they're number 10. Number 11, the Tennessee Titans. I love Mike Vrabel. I love this defensive line. I just love this defense in general. I love this team. I love that culture. Uh, they've got a lot of really, really good hard stuff going for them. Again, one of these teams that just did it in seems to make game. every single game competitive. And of course, I'm going to say all this. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it's sustainable. Bay. But um, I think actually once Jamar Chase goes, kind of comes back, me. they're going to go but, a lot further up these um, rankings. For, for now, they're, they're three-point underdogs. Number now. 11, Tennessee Titans. The money right now. I love my Tennessee Titans. I'm not going to cover that game in this one because I just love it is tonight and it just seems very rushed. I don't think they've got a lot of really good stuff going for them. Again, one of these teams that game seems to make every single game competitive. But I mean, I got to give them their credit where it's due. They've got an amazing record. Derek um, Henry leading the way, but this defense kind of is playing really, really well. But, Jeffrey Simmons um, didn't play last week, and they still looked really damn good. I expect him to be back of this the, week. The money right now and is on they're going to give the Packers a lot of problems. It should be a pretty low-scoring game. The over-under of that one is very rushed. I don't know how many It's currently at 41 on Thursday. Definitely an under-BI in there. Number 12, I mean, i got to give them the credit where it's due. They've got an amazing Again, this team just reminds me a lot of the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars, where they've got a run game and two lockdowns down really corners good. leading the way. They've got a really, really good week. defense, really and well coached. They're going to fly the around all over the place. They're young, they're hungry, the love what they're doing, and they've got to. I got to give them a ton of credit. Um, the, really, the only thing holding this so team back is Zach Wilson be because they've got number twelve. Basically, everything else figured out, out, and this one, I'm really excited again, to see the future of this team. Now, of the I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to go grab a glass of water. They've got a run game. And let's get into corners my recap of last week's really defense really games. Well I'm not going to talk about too many games here because, again, it was kind of a while ago, but there's a couple of really important games I do want to cover. So I've got to give them a ton of credit. Okay, let's get right back into it. I'm going to get straight into Bills versus Vikings. I'm really excited. Obviously, one of the games of the year. Possibly the best game of the year. I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to go This means so much for the Vikings in their motorcycle. Sorry. This 
means so much for the Vikings. They're now only a half game behind Philadelphia in the NFC race. They've had multiple wins coming back from a deficit in the first quarter, so really impressive stuff there. They were down 17 at one point in this one. Um, and it just they just feel like one of these teams that never gives up. It feels like they're really believing in their head coach, this culture. This locker room feels like it has a really, really strong connection in it. Um, I love what's coming out of their media. I love what's coming out of their flights. Obviously, Kirk Cousins, all the jewelry, all the dancing, the celebrations. This, team's like a, this seems like a team that's just playing with so much confidence right now. It feels like they can really beat anyone in the league. Um, and their stars, star players, made star plays in this one, of course. Jefferson did his thing, uh, the 4th and 18 catch, which may be the best catch I've ever seen. I'm sure all you guys have seen that already, but I mean, Dalvin Cook going for 81 yards, Patrick Peterson having two picks in the red zone in this one, one in overtime and one at the very end of the game um, to give the Vikings another opportunity. They ended up driving down the field. That's when the 4th and 18 catch, all that stuff happened. Um, he's having a phenomenal year at age 32. Uh, again, just And then Eric Kendricks at the end of the game, jumping on top of the ball um, with that failed QB sneak, you know, getting the touchdown and tying that game up before going to overtime. They just got so many key plays from their star players. Um, and again, this team overall, the Vikings are just much must-watch TV right now. Absolutely must-watch. Uh, television. I hope you guys were able to watch this game because it was truly amazing. Um, it was just this team. There's a lot going on in this team. I'm gonna, you know, what? I'm gonna hold on to this thought. I'm gonna cover this once I preview their game because I'm gonna be talking about them versus the Cowboys. So let's just flip it to the Bills really quick. It looks like they were in a great spot to win this game. They're up 17 points in the third quarter. Allen's elbow looked completely fine, and then he kind of reverted to the past couple weeks, Josh Allen, at the end of this game. Um, in terms of his decision-making, there was a lot of really, really bad decisions. Just taking unnecessary risks with the football feels like plays that he really didn't need to make, but he was trying to force things, and it's not what we're used to seeing from Josh Allen, but we have seen it in the past few weeks. Um, and then... Their secondary let up some really big catches. Mostly got to credit Jefferson for being incredible, but still, you can't really let up big plays like that in key situations like that. You just got to know the situation and be able to, you know, prevent things like that happening. You know what the other team's trying to do. You know where they're going with the ball. Jefferson was obviously carrying the way at the end of the game, and they still couldn't stop it. So it is a little bit concerning there, but I am just more concerned about the Josh Allen thing. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think he's going to continue to play this bad. I expect him to bounce back. Um especially this week, they are playing, excuse me, they're playing the Browns. Um, that, that game got rescheduled to Detroit because of the snow. I expect them to bounce back in this game. Um, but, I mean, this Vikings team has so much going right for them. It feels like they really are true contenders, and they're going to be very competitive in the NFC. They just have this confidence and aura around them, which, again, I'll get to once I talk them versus the Cowboys. So let's get to the Eagles versus the Commanders. The main storyline isn't so much crediting the Commanders, which I think they deserve a lot more of. I haven't heard a ton of people talking about the Commanders in this one. A lot of people are just talking about what's Philly's kryptonite? What went wrong with Philadelphia? Um, is this, you know, the beginning of the end for them? Like, are they showing their frauds and they're not true contenders? Which, no, I don't think that's the case. I don't think enough attention is really being placed on the commanders and just how well they played in this one. A lot of it is being shifted towards blaming the refs for the Eagles loss and all this and that. But at the end of the day, 
Jason Kelsey said it himself on his podcast, you cannot blame the refs for this one. It's a really long game. There's a lot of plays you could have made differently. And they just got utterly dominated along the ground, um, allowing 40 minutes of possession to the Washington Commanders. They really controlled the entire tempo of this game. And it kind of brings us to the point of, is this what Philly's kryptonite is? I mean, they're allowing 125 yards on the ground per game, which is 25th in the league. That's, you know, really not good. It brings up questions of, can they play from behind? Is their turnover differential sustainable? Because they had three turnovers all year, and then they had three in this game alone. Which, again, these are all fair points to look at and point out, but this team just wasn't going to go perfect from the get-go. There's a reason I never talked about it on this show. Um, because I think it's just a ridiculous thing to talk about, honestly, because it doesn't matter. No one talks about the undefeated teams if you don't win the Super Bowl. Um, no one talks about the team who lost in the Super Bowl. Only people talk about the Super Bowl champions. So, I mean, this team is still ready to compete with anyone. I think they they did get robbed of a few penalties, and you got to talk about that a little bit. But again, that's not what cost them the game. There was a couple weird turnovers in this one, which I don't think would happen again if this game was played. The Quez Watkins fumble being one of them, that was just really fluky, and I don't think that would happen again. Um, so I think Philly's going to be completely fine. I still think they're contenders. I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. Obviously representative of that in my power rankings, I still have them as the second best team in the league. And I still think they're a really good, good football team. Look, I don't want to sound like I'm discrediting the commanders because I'm actually kind of doing the opposite. Terry McLaurin, who is a great leader for this team, continues to show how underrated he is. Him and Heineke deserve a ton of credit in this game. They had some really key connections to keep drives going. McLaurin, 8 for 128. He played amazing in this game, especially against, you know, a secondary that's looking like the best in football. CJ Gardner-Johnson getting another pick in this one. Now, two picks ahead of everyone else in the league lead. He has six interceptions on the year. Again, absolute steal for the Philadelphia Eagles from the New Orleans Saints. But James Bradbury, Darius Slay, we all know how well they're playing in this one. They got exposed a little bit by Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin just proving how underrated he is in this one. So, again, got to give a lot of credit to the commanders and their run game, pushing this Philadelphia Eagles team around. And then Terry McLaurin just making key, key very, very key contributions on key downs. So, got to give a lot of credit to the commanders. The Philadelphia Eagles should be completely fine. They're still a very, very good team and a team that should not be taken lightly by anyone. Up next, we got to talk about Buccaneers. They are now back in the lead or back in the lead on the NFC South. And it looks like they're finally cutting into their groove a little bit. They found the run game led by not Leonard Fournette by the rookie Zamir White. Um, really impressive stuff from him. 22 carries for over 100 yards. Highlight play on Quandre Diggs, the stiff arm. And man, that game looked fun. I didn't get to watch it live because I was asleep. I'll be completely honest. I woke up and immediately turned on the Bears game on Red Zone and all that. By then, the German Germany game was already over. But that atmosphere was electric. It looks so fun to play there. They're all singing, and all the fans are getting into it. And it, it just looks so fucking fun. I would love to go to a football game over in Europe. Really cool atmosphere. But regardless... The Bucks showing some life, finally. Their defense, particularly their run defense, finally showed up in a way we all thought they would earlier in this year. Devin White was all over the place. I really liked what I saw from them on that side of the ball. They really slowed down Kenneth Walker, who's been on an absolute tear to start his rookie year. Only 10 carries for 17 yards in this one. And again, their run game just really helped control the tempo of the game, forced Geno Smith to make a lot more passes. They really just asked Gino to beat them and I mean to to his credit he played really well for the most part pretty mistake free doing what he's pretty much been doing all year long 
but it's just, it just wasn't enough for the Buccaneers that looked a lot more like the old Buccaneers in this one. Uh, their defense playing really well, their run game leading the way, working off play action on that, and then just getting key contributions on key downs from their weapons. Julio Jones breaking away for a touchdown on this one, looking like old Julio Jones with the way he was just able to separate, get that track speed. It's once the ball's in his hands and no one's around him, he's really hard to stop. He's still got that top end speed, even if he is older. If you get him out in space, he can almost burn by anyone. Um, and so the Bucks finally look like, you know, I'm not saying they look like the team we thought they were going to be before early in this year, because I think the team, you know, before the year started would have beat the Seattle team by a lot more than they did this, this year. But again, the Seattle team is not who we thought they were going to be either. So just impressive stuff from the Bucks. Hopefully they're finally bringing it all together because if they can, this team is still should not be taken lightly. They can still compete in, in a weaker NFC conference. And yes, there's some really good teams like the Eagles, like the Niners, um, like the Vikings, obviously. But I mean, other than that, they should pull away from their division. They should win the South with how the rest of that conference is playing right now. and Or division is playing right now. And you never know what happens once playoffs comes around. You can never count out Brady. He's done it a million times. This team, this core in general, has done it before. Um, and yes, there is a different coach in town. But those two coaches were there when they won the Super Bowl. So it's not to say that it's all that different. And they could definitely pull it together. Especially with some of these distractions out of the way with Brady and his personal life and Giselle and all that stuff that we all know so well. So those are all the games I wanted to talk about in last week's episode or last week's games because it's been so long at this point. It feels like it's kind of redundant to talk about any other ones. So again, there's not too many interesting games this weekend. Honestly, a lot of snooze fests. I mean, no one's really looking forward to watching Eagles Colts. No one's really looking forward to watch Rams Saints. They're not playing for anything. Bears Falcons, same thing. They're not really playing for anything. Even Commanders Texans, like those teams aren't really playing for much. Lions, Giants, you really expect the Giants to win that game. But you know the Lions can be sneaky. They can be kind of competitive with anyone. Ravens, Panthers, again, you expect the Ravens to run away with that one. Bills, Browns, same kind of thing. You expect the Bills to bounce back. Um, but there are some interesting ones. I mean, Bengals, Steelers with TJ Watt coming back. And the Bengals O-line definitely having its struggles this year. Can that one be competitive? It is in Cincinnati. So that definitely favors Cincinnati in that one. I expect them to rely fairly heavily on Joe Mixon in this one. And just take some pressure off of Joe Burrow. Get the hand, get the ball out of his hands quick. Um, limit his mistakes and limit the sacks he's you know, going to be taking. So as far as that goes, um, that should be a pretty interesting watch. The over-under in that game is at 40 and a half i could definitely see it being an under in that one i could see this being a pretty low scoring bout but again this cincinnati's defense is very good kenny pickett hasn't been great all year long he's been solid i guess in some aspects he's kind of executing the offense in the ways they've been asking him to but by no means has he been good he's still holding on to the ball for far too long and i really like this Bengals defense as you guys know it is in cincinnati which is why i'm leaning a little bit towards them they're three and a half point favorites right now 57 percent of the money is on steelers plus four though and i totally get why i mean tj watt being back is a huge 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 break for the steelers defense he is so important to this team um and I, I mean, I, would I be surprised if the Steelers ended up winning this one? No, not one bit. I'm pretty much going to stay away from all bets in this game. More watching this from an outside point of view, but that's why I'm not really going to be talking about this game too much. I guess this is where I'm really going to be previewing it now. Um, so yeah, let's just get to the games I really do want to talk about because there's like three or four games that I feel like are really worth mentioning and the rest are kind of wish wash again i'm not going to talk about titans packers because that's 
tonight by the time you guys are listening to this that game's probably already happened you probably already know what happened again i was leaning towards liking the titans and i like the titans more as a team which means the packers are probably win because the packers fucking hate me so again not gonna be really betting on that game not really gonna be talking about it so let's talk about a few games that i do like the odds of and i just like the storylines of let's talk about three and then i'm gonna talk i'm just gonna rip a fourth one off the top of my head really quickly because i don't have too many notes here but i am going to the game so i want to talk about it just a little so Let's start off with two of the most disappointing teams in the league. Kind of representative of the week as a whole because, again, not too many crazy matchups. Um, there's a few, but we'll get to that. Either way, I think this matchup should be really fun. Even if these teams are fairly disappointed and they're not playing for anything. Let's talk Broncos versus Raiders. Raiders visiting the Broncos, I should say. The Raiders are currently three-point underdogs. 51% of the public money is on them. So, again, pretty fucking split there. Um, the over-under of this game is at, I believe it's at 40.5, if I'm not mistaken. 41 um, on points bet, 41.5. So 41, 41.5, depends on your book. Either way, <clears throat> I'm going to start by saying the Broncos are actually first in the league in points per game allowed. Their defense has been playing absolutely excellent, especially in the secondary. Patrick Sertain, um, I don't want to say he's having a breakout season because he did have a really, really damn good rookie year, but he's really looking like a premier lockdown you know top two or three corner in this league he is ridiculously good um but if you don't know 16.6 game or 16.6 points per game is ridiculously low the last time these teams faced the broncos allowed their most points they've given up all season long 32 points and josh jacobs tore them up on the ground i think the broncos bring them back down to earth in this one especially playing at home i think that you know plays into their hand very well i think they're really going to focus on shutting down josh jacobs in this one and just having Pat Zertan and Devontae Adams go at it one-on-one. -on -one. Pat Zertan played really well against Devontae Adams the last time they played against each other. I expect to see pretty similar results in that one. Um, but on the other side of the ball, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, still have not shown anything offensively, really. It's been nine weeks now, ten weeks now, actually. And he's still looked just as bad as he did week one. He still looked really, really awful. Um, and it was no different last week against Tennessee where he was just throwing up prayers multiple times throughout the game. He's lucky he didn't get picked off three plus times in this one. Um, I expect that trend to continue. I mean, until I see anything different, I'm just not counting on this Broncos offense to show up on any given week. I think this game is a lot closer than the last time they played each other. And I really think it's going to come down to which coach just fucks this game up less and puts his players in positions to be more successful. Because I think a ton of the blame on both sides of the, um, of this matchup, as far as the Raiders go and the Broncos go, I think a ton of the blame as far as disappointment goes has to be given to both of these coaches. These coaches have not lived up to the expectations by any means. Um, I, man like especially nathaniel hackett's point of view because josh mcdaniels at least the raiders have shown flashes of brilliance the broncos really haven't had any good moments outside of wide open receivers running down the field that's really where all their big plays have come from so yeah i guess you could say that's a coaching scheming up thing but the raiders legitimately have had moments of excellence that kansas city game amongst a the few of them um but either way, I could see a lot of field goals in this game. I just see a lot of defense, a lot of unsuccessful offense, a lot of bad play calling, that kind of stuff. I think both offenses could really stall out in this one. Initially, I liked the over in this game because I thought it was going to kind of play out similarly to how we saw it play out last week or last time these teams played each other. But being in Denver, not being in the dome anymore, these teams already being able to see their offensive schemes once. And now that they have way more film on each other, I really think they're going to, you know, Make a lot of adjustments defensively. I think the Broncos are going to lock down the Raiders' offense pretty well. 
And I just think that the, excuse me, I just think that the Broncos offensively are just going to continue to struggle. I don't think this Raiders defense is particularly good. It's not that it's awful, but I don't think it's particularly good. But I just think this Broncos offense is so horrendous that they're not going to be able to put many ports on this points on the board. For those reasons, I really like the under at 40 and a half. Part of me wants to take Raiders money line in this one because I just trust them a little bit more than the Broncos at putting up points. But again, I think it's going to be a real nail brighter. It won't surprise me at all if the Raiders choke again. So I don't think I'm going to be taking this one. I'm probably just going to be buying the under, even though I already bought the over because I'm a fucking moron. Um, either way, this really just feels like a pride game for both of these teams. Both of these fan bases really don't have a lot riding on this one. Just trying to prove to them, to their own locker room and to their own fan base to give them some hope of something in the future. And I just think both these offenses are going to f- continue to struggle. Um, I like the under at 40 and a half in this one, probably leaning towards Raiders money line, but I don't think I'd take that one. Now let's shift our attention towards an NFC East matchup. The Jets visiting the Patriots in Gillette Field or Gillette Stadium. Sorry. Um, The Patriots are three point favorites in this one over under at 38 and a half. Now I want to say I kind of alluded to this in my power rankings, but I love this Jets team. Uh, I said that they remind me a lot of that Jags team in 2017. Star-studded defense, two lockdown corners, a really, really damn good run game. Seemed to be pretty well coached, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But again, I just think Zach Wilson is really going to struggle in this one. Um, Belichick is a master game planner, and he, now he's coming off a bye, which is only going to help. And I expect him to try to take everything underneath away for Zach Wilson. I really think he's going to force Zach Wilson to air it out. I think Bill Belichick's just really going to lock down, cover the flats, um, just not let much go in for Zach Wilson. I think they're going to really play the screen games heavy. I think they're going to do their best to just stack boxes, shut down the run, and just force Zach Wilson to beat him. And I I don't think that's going to be able to happen in this one. Um, Matthew Judon should be very active in this one. He's been excellent all year long. We all know how bad Zach Wilson is under pressure, and he's not very good at recognizing defenses, dissecting defenses. Belichick can really scheme up a damn good defensive scheme and a damn good defensive, you know, game. So I think that Zach Wilson is just really going to struggle in this one. We'll see. To, we'll continue to see how bad he is under pressure and see how you know. I think I really think he's limiting this Jets team. I've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Um, but back to Matthew Judon, he's been excellent all year long and the Patriots, I think Mac Jones with one more week off again, coming off that bye, should really help him. Um, I think he's going to get a little more settled in this offense, shake off some of those bad starts, get his feet a little more under him, if you know what I mean, and do just enough to get the, get it done for the Patriots. So I really like the Patriots money line in this one. I'm also definitely eyeing the under, um, at 38 and a half, because again, these defenses are really, really damn good. We haven't seen a whole lot from either one of these quarterbacks, and I think they're going to be very reliant on both of their run games. They're going to be draining a lot of time off the clock, and I think these quarterbacks can make some key mistakes, throw some picks, and I think the defenses are going to play very well in this one. So, really like Patriots money line, and I'm definitely eyeing that under at 38 and a half. Now, I have to cover Cowboys at Vikings. I got to say, I'm surprised the Vikings are dogs in this one. They're at home playing in this one, and it begs the question. Does Vegas think they're emotionally drained coming off that monumental win in Buffalo? Or are they just due for a loss? Is it bound to correct? Um, Are they just their record better than their um, their actual performance suggests? And maybe, but honestly, to answer my own question, I don't think so. This team feels like, 
again, I said I wanted to talk about this in my power rankings so we can get into it now. It really feels like this team is just believing they can win any game, and it feels like they're completely unsatisfied until they make it all the way to the Super Bowl. This is a team that just feels so hungry. Um, so just feels like they've, you know, kept all the receipts and they've heard everyone that read them off and they heard all the people that, you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, he's the king of the north and all this. And they, it feels like they really took it to heart. I was listening to Mike Florio, longtime Vikings fan of professional um, football talk. He made a really, really great point that what this can do mentally for this team that just continues to find ways to win games and the very, very squeak of things, um, barely etching out these teams, what that can do mentally for a team is so empowering because it makes you feel like there's someone else on your side. Uh, you heard Justin Jefferson mention it in an interview. He was talking about how God was on his side. And I don't mean to bring religious into this and all that. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is it feels like it's their year. It feels like, you know, the NFL is with them. It feels like it's th there are no excuses at this point. Everything is going the way they really want it to. And mentally, that can really boost your confidence. If it feels like it's your year, um, that can do a lot for a locker room and for a team and for their confidence. It, they really seem to be feeding off of that, just never giving up, always putting their head down and trying to win every single game and finding ways to just win. And then again, you flip that on its head. What it does for the team you're playing against is just as important because when you're the Vikings and you're down and you get a good drive going, it feels like, oh, here it comes. We're, this is where we start to come back. This is what we're destined to do. This is our year. And on the opposing sideline, they could be thinking the same thing. Oh, shit. Here they do it again. The Vikings have been doing this all goddamn year long. We can't have them have it. We can't have it happen to us again. And then they start getting worried about it. So it's a sort of win-win situation where if they get down there's almost no pressure on them and all the pressure is on the opposing team keeping the lead and you'd think it'd be the opposite because when you get down you know you got to change your schemes you got to change up your game plan you got to you know adjust to make up for lost ground but the way this vikings team is playing with this confidence and the way they've come over all this these deficits it really feels like they can win any game they're in and that that's what makes them such you know must watch tv but i mean Getting into the logistics of this game, there's some really, really fun matchups that stand out of which being Justin Jefferson versus Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, obviously a guy who is known as a high-risk, high-reward corner. So we could really see a great battle between these guys. Um, we could definitely see a pick from Trayvon Diggs in this one. We could definitely see a couple of really big plays from Justin Jefferson getting, you know, getting by Trayvon. And this one, Zeke is going to be back in this game, which is somewhat significant for Dallas, especially when using him as an extra pass blocker, which is really one of his best strengths of his game, especially as his running kind of starts to come down to a decline a little bit, lost some of that explosiveness. He is still an excellent pass blocker in this league. I like both offenses to be pretty effective in this one. I loved what I saw from C.D. Lamb last week. I think he's going to be slowed down a little bit by this one because Patrick Peterson should be lined up against one in this one and again Patrick Peterson having an excellent year but I think Dallas is going to adjust to that I mentioned that a little bit in my power rankings I don't like how reliant they are on CD Lamb um, I think they they're going to do some self-scouting and not be so dependent on him especially with Patrick Peterson if he's going to be covering most of the game I think they have to you know have some of these other guys step up which I think they're totally capable of Noah Brown showed a lot of promise 
at the beginning of the year playing with Cooper Rush. I expect him to make an impact in this one. I expect Michael Gallup to make an impact in this one, who's getting healthier each and every single week. I know he got a little beat up last week, but I think he came back by the end of that one. Um, I expect him to be good to go in this one, and I think that'll be a great point of emphasis, just get, getting a lot of their other guys involved in this one. I think that's going to be a key point for them, putting up points and scoring. But overall... I think I do like Minnesota as dogs in this one. It feels like there's just something going so well for this one. Playing at home, playing with confidence. Yes, they're coming off a big emotional win and they could be drained a little bit, but I really don't think that's going to be the case. I really think this team is just hungry. They're out to prove to the world um, that they can compete with anyone. I think Dallas continues to slip a little bit. Um, I think the real X factor in this one, again, is if Christian Derisaw is playing amazing. If they're going to have to move Micah Parsons away from him and get him on some other mismatches. But, I mean, I really like what I've seen from this Minnesota offensive line. I love what I've seen from Minnesota in general. I expect them to win this one. And I'm really eyeing the over at 47.5 points. I think it's going to be another really, really close game. These Vikings can't seem to find easy ways to win any one of these games. They've got to make every single one of their games interesting. I think it's going to be another one of those games. I think there's going to be a good amount of scoring in this one. And 47.5 honestly isn't as many as I thought it was going to open. So for those reasons, I like the over at 47.5 and and I like the Vikings money line in this one as underdogs. Now, before I close out, damn, that was a big, big clearing of the throat. Before I close out this one, um, I don't, again, I really don't want to talk about too many other games. Just a lot of really ugly games. But I am going to Sunday Night Football, Chiefs versus Chargers. So I'm going to be giving you guys live updates during that. I'm so fucking excited for this game. Should be a really cool atmosphere. I initially bought the tickets thinking it was going to be a 125 game. Two weeks ago, or maybe like 10 days ago at this point, it got flexed to Sunday Night Football. So I'm so excited about that. Hopefully, I get on national TV or some bullshit. That'd be pretty cool. Going to be wearing an Austin Eckler jersey. Going to be wearing all my Chargers drip. Might paint the face up. I don't know. We'll fucking see. Um... But I do want to say, I the Chargers are five and a half point home dogs in this one. I hope they keep it close. I really hope they cover that spread. I really hope it's an interesting game. I'm not expecting them to win or anything. Uh, it'd be awesome if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were playing. I doubt they're going to play in this one. Um, Keenan might be back. I haven't checked the. I'm going to check the injury report right now, actually. Um, but I don't expect Mike Williams to be. It would obviously help a shit ton. If Keenan is going to be back in this one, I think he's finally coming back to practice as a limited participant. But again, I really don't expect him um, to make an impact in this one. It looks like Mike Williams actually came back in limited participation in this one. So again, the game status is going to, it's not going to be talked about at all, probably until Saturday, maybe even until the game day itself. So definitely something to track there. It's going to be a lot more interesting if they do play. And fuck, if they do, who knows? It might be a shootout. It might be really fun to watch. The over-under of this one is at 51 points. So, again, Vegas expects a shootout. I think most people expect a shootout in this one. That's definitely a line I'd be eyeing in this one. Um, oh, the odds actually just changed. So, on DraftKings, you can now buy the Chargers at plus 6. That's definitely something I'd be eyeing. I think they can keep it within 6. More, I might be talking out of bias a little bit because, again, I want them to keep it in the 6. And I am watching this game as a Chargers fan. Um but either way, it should be a really fun game. Excited to keep you guys updated on that one. But that's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to share this with your friends and family. Follow my Instagram at Murphy's League. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And peace out, y'all.